What's up, everyone? This is episode 27 of the Sports World Podcast. My name is Nick here with Jet, Mike, and Dylan. Today, we'll be talking about this year's MLB World Series, the return of the NBA season, and how the NFL looks right now halfway through that season. Starting in baseball, the Atlanta Braves are your 2021 World Series champions after defeating the Astros 7-0 in Game 6 of this year's World Series. Um, Braves pitcher Max Freed Fried have pronounced it through six shutout innings in Game 6, only allowing four hits to lead Atlanta to the series-clinching victory. I feel like I've mispronounced that name for the last few months. And every oh, Freed is good. Every time. Homie said Fried. <laughs> yeah, <he has> every... <laughs> it was a three-run bomb from Jorge Soler in the third inning to break the game open and give the Braves a 3-0 lead. Dylan, as a Braves fan, let's get your thoughts on not only this game, but the series in general. Uh, we did it. Uh, it felt so good. We did it. Um, this is exactly what I predicted to happen, actually. So my dream scenario was be split in Houston. Which we did. Come back to Atlanta, win two out of three, which we did. Go up to go into Houston up three two and win in game six, which we did. So I'm pretty happy. Not only because we won, but also because what I thought would happen happened. Just not in the, the order I thought it would, but it's still cool. Um Do you want me to start with game six or you start with like the whole series? Just the whole series. Your thoughts on your game. Well Don't game, game one, by game, but you know, well, I mean, I, I mean, I am gonna go game by game. Right, now right, you said that. Right. Go ahead. Game one was off to a good start until Charlie Morton got the ball roped uh, off his shin and ended up hurting him. But then again, he pitched like three more outs and struck out Altuve or whatever he did, and then his he broke his leg, which was very unfortunate. Um, he'll be back by. Spring training next year, which is which is nice. Um, but the Braves won that game. Forgot what even happened. That game was so long ago. Um, I have no clue. Uh, so game two, Freed struggled. Braves lost. And then, oh wait, okay. Well, game one, Solaire first leadoff home run and top of the at bat of the first bat bat of the World Series. Whatever that whole thing. Solaire record there. Um, and then game two, Freed kind of sucked so we lost came back home game three what even happened no, we don't need recaps of each game. Dude, i don't remember anything that happened the series. Series. <laughs> I just, like, as soon nick, as I got nick says not to recap him game by game <laughs> the first thing he does is start recapping it game no, by he, game. he said i could uh um, we just need your thoughts on the series i don't remember a single thing that happened in the series come on oh Bruce, man that shouldn't be a hard um, question okay well Alex Anthopoulos is oh. uh, <laughs> the greatest of all time. Um, Ian Anderson added to his postseason, like he's given up like no runs in the postseason or something over like 20 something innings or more than that, but oh. just absurd. Um, and then Freed bounced back in game six after getting his like ankle nearly shattered by Brantley. Which was which was amazing, and Solaire's pimp job homer, which went like 700 feet over the train tracks, was just was amazing. Um, and, then if, and then fitting that the NLCS and the NL or the NLCS and the World Series ended the same way with Swanson uh, thrown over to Freeman, and Freeman gets to catch the last out back to back series, which is very nice for him because hey. he deserves that, and Dansby actually. Should have gone to second, but he decided to go to first for uh for Freddie. So he's the goat. Wait, Freddie is the goat. You said Ian Anderson. What about him? Yeah. 
in the entire postseason? Uh, he started like a few games, and in his like twenty something innings in the postseason, he's given up like one run. His ERA is like a, a one point two. Oh, you said you said no runs. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, no. Well, he had five innings of no hit ball in game three. I guess that's kind of what I thought of. Um, but yeah, and then Brian Snicker's been in the organization for forty something years. Finally, gets a ring. Um, and we did this all without Cunha. I mean, oh my God, it's such a magical season. So many great moments. But yeah, so the Braves won, and I could, I could nobody can say up. anything to me. I could bring up a hot topic, but I'll let you enjoy it. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go next. I don't watch much baseball, but I feel like I can speak a little bit because it's very general. All right, I love a good underdog. The Braves are the clear underdogs in this. Maybe not the entire playoffs, but in each of the series that they were in with the Brewers, the Dodgers, and now the Astros. Uh, like you said, Dylan, losing the MVP frontrunner early in the year, Ronald McCune Jr. Um, nobody expected this team. Well, they were how many games out of the playoff picture halfway through the year? I mean, we were at 500. We didn't get above 500 until August. Yeah. Pulled through at the end, made the playoffs, destroyed the Brewers, which none of us – we, we might have – we weren't too surprised, I don't feel like, but none of us saw that coming. And the Dodgers, I know I thought there was no shot. Um, but then the World Series, it reminded me a lot of the Nationals run a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I just love a good underdog story. Uh, so, yeah, those, that's my very general thoughts on the series. Go Braves. <laughs> did you see the Nationals' Twitter? I did not. They said something about like, how the visiting clubhouse in Houston is a great place to celebrate a world championship because that's where they won it in 2019. Yes, sir. So that's, that's The Mets are... Party. The only reason that the Braves even like went for it at the deadline is because the Mets were still being the Mets, and uh, now they have like no GM or something like that, which is funny. But uh, yeah, anyways, cool Braves. All right, Jet, let's get your thoughts on the series. Yeah, so I, I like, I kind of like how Dylan touched on like Ian Anderson. I think my biggest takeaway from this huge playoff run for the Braves was the pitching. I have such a different outlook on like how all of those pitchers are, especially the starters. Like, um, like Charlie Morton, Max Freed, like they, those two guys were insane the entire postseason. Obviously, it's pretty tragic what happened to to Chuck, but because I mean Dylan knows I'm a big fan of that that man. Yep. But well, Freed wasn't good until his last postseason start, but he picked a good time to to bounce back. No, yeah, for sure. I. I like what I saw. Dude, that start was just magical for Max Freed. Going on the road mm-hmm. and doing that in a game six for World Series, I mean, that's just incredible. It's like going in, definitely going into next season, like this offseason, when I'm like looking at who I think are some of the top stars in baseball, I'm going to look at Morton and Freed more than I would have previously before this playoff run. And I don't know. They just impressed, they impressed the heck out of me, man. The Braves, obviously, I, I'm surprised you didn't mention Eddie Rosario at all. I mean, well, he I, was, yeah, yeah, he was absolutely incredible. Like, oh, and of course, I forgot to mention Tyler Matzik, aka Nutsack. <laughs> he was he. If there was a postseason MVP, he would. That would be him. So, yeah, he was just insane. pitching in general for the Braves is absolutely incredible. Like Matzik, out of nowhere, just being the best left-handed reliever in baseball for <laughs> for an entire stretch of games. I mean, that's that's magical, man. It it makes no sense, but they did it, and it was honestly so baseball. fun to see. I love baseball. Doesn't make any sense, man. <laughs> it never has, it never will. And of course, and of course, with Matzik, <laughs> every time Matzik comes into the game, they have to mention the fact that he was out of the out of baseball for a few years with the yips, and he had to come back. All that, all that whole story, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Wright, almost almost draft bust, 
comes in, gives us four innings in game four with like no hits given or no runs given up. Yeah, that was wild too, man. Man, just randomly makes an appearance. Did he even have another appearance in the postseason? Really? Like, no, that was his only appearance. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> well, no, well, like, how pitched, does that happen? He pitched like an inning against. In the yeah, mop sense. up, so he was just primarily two. there for like the mop up role, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he pitches those super meaningful innings randomly. <laughs> it's awesome. All right, Mike. Let's go. Let's get your thoughts on this series. Um, I mean, I don't have any like thoughts on this series. I didn't watch much of it, but the Braves definitely surprised me. Um, I will say that. During the Dodgers and Giants series, I told Jet that it did it that was or should have been the World Series, like that, like right. the winner that was likely. But I also said that I was more scared of the Braves than I was of the Brewers because of their offense, and that turned out to one hundred percent be true. Not something I thought would come out of someone's mouth with no Ronald Acuna Jr. on that team. It's kind of wild. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's true. Uh, Austin Riley, man, he's insane. Oh yeah, can't, can't go without mentioning him. Like he was he so was clutch. I, I know he had a couple. Didn't he have a couple game winning hits throughout the postseason? At least. Oh uh, well, he had a walk off. He had a walk off in game one of the NLCS, and he hit like clutch home runs, like in clutch hits, just just all season and all postseason. Yeah, that's something I was actually following throughout the year. He was he was nasty. And I just wanted. So I don't know if you interview. I can't say this on the podcast, but like. This the Jared Carabas guy on Twitter. Any of y'all know who that is? Yep. You've seen yep, you've seen his stuff. I can't say it, but uh this Braves lineup does does has been doing something special all year. And yeah, I, I hope I for the two people that get their reference, they're probably laughing right now, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have, I have no clue what you're talking about. All right. One sec. Let me pull up my notes again. All right, here we go, here we go. Does anyone have anything else to add before we move on? Nah. All right. Now, <coughs> basketball, Mike, you can just sit back and relax for a second. Hey, man. Go Hornets. <laughs> if you feel like you can chime in, then feel free. The NBA returned on October 19th, which means we're roughly three weeks into the new season and has not disappointed at all. It's obviously super early, but looking at the conference standings right now, you have teams like Milwaukee, Boston, Atlanta, and Portland all out of the playoff picture, while teams like Washington, Cleveland, and Toronto are in that playoff picture. So, again, we're only three weeks into the year, but Jet, what's the team that has come out and surprised you so far? Um, <clears throat> my biggest team that I will rave about, I hope I don't jinx them or anything, but the Chicago Bulls, the Toronto Raptors, oh, okay. they are so much fun to watch. I'm so big on their lineup because, listen, top to bottom, you got Fred Van Vliet, you got Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, and Pascal Siakam. And the reason why I like this lineup so much is because I look at it top to bottom. Each one of those guys can give you 30 any given night. And I think that is like one of the most fun things you can have in basketball. Like you have five legitimate scorers and there, I mean, Scotty Barnes in particular, I didn't expect him to be a 30 minute a game guy, like right away. Cause he was just recently drafted first round pick. Like he's, he, he's very stiff up. Yeah. He's, he's been awesome. And then they have a qual- they have quality bench pieces too. I mean, just looking at their backup bigs, they have Chris Boucher, who I think he was like top five in blocks last year, maybe even like top three in blocks per game. Like that that dude's insane. I'm surprised he's not getting a couple more minutes, but you know, that lineup's just loaded, so I guess it makes sense. 
And then you have Ken Birch, Precious Achua. And then you got they got uh Speed Mikhailuk. He's looked pretty good off of their bench. Like their their team is deep behind a very solid high upside starting lineup. Like that team is so much fun to watch to start this season. Yeah, I definitely did not see them coming at all. I, I still I like I still refuse to believe it because it's not I don't know, it's just hard. They're a weird team. A lot of guys are stepping up that I did not expect to step up and I'm excited to see how consistent they can be. Yeah. All right, Dylan. What's a team that has surprised you so far, negatively or positively? The Hawks. <laughs> oh, the Hawks suck. <laughs> Not Somebody called it. Just. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going hey, on. Hey, as of right now, you're still wrong. You said they make the playoffs. They're not even in the playoffs right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean they've sucked. They've lost four in a row. Um, one was last night as we're recording this to a. You know, just Steph Curry doing Steph Curry stuff. <laughs> the one before that was to the Jazz without Mitchell. Um, and they lost to the Nets. And they lost to the Wizards. Or no, they lost to the... Yeah, they lost to the Suns as well. The Suns, they were up by like 12 with like, like in the fourth quarter. And they ended up choking it away. But, um, yeah, I mean, four straight losses, including, I think... Six out of the last seven games have been losses or something like that. It's 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 rough. Um, Capella looks horrible. Trey looks good as usual. Reddish needs to be given more minutes. I, I don't. That, that know. rotation as I mean, a whole just needs to be evaluated and corrected. Collins needs to be given the ball more. He was like six for six with like 20 points in the first half of the Warriors game and the second half he shot like once. So and John Collins has looked great to start the season. I've Nate McMillan well. is doing his best Lloyd Pierce impression and I do not enjoy it. But hey, at least at least the Braves won. So <laughs> All I, right. can, I can take that. My team was also the Hawks, but it's actually not as bad as yours. Surprising. Um, here's what I have to say. It's not, it's not much of a surprise. It's just something I wanted to point out, really. Um, as you guys know in here, uh, I was not very high on them heading into the season. Yeah. They've started four and seven, but if I'm an Atlanta fan like you, Dylan, I'm not too worried just yet. No, they have not looked good at all. Coaching has not looked good. But if you look at their schedule early on, it's been anything other than easy. They opened the season with Dallas, which they won, and then they lost to Cleveland of like two days later. So that was a weird start. Other than that, they've won the games they were supposed to win. They beat New Orleans. They beat one against Washington. Um, they beat Detroit. And my only concern with this team is they haven't won the games that they're underdogs in. You can't contend or even expect to make past the first round if you cannot beat the, the good teams. They have losses against Golden State, um, won to Washington, Philly, Brooklyn, Utah, Phoenix. All these games against other good teams, they have not won. And that's my biggest concern with this team right now. Can they step up when it matters most against these better teams. And so far, they've not proven that. Again, it's still early, but yeah, i got to see them prove that before I can call them a legit playoff contender. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Um, I think those are some solid points. I'm I'm also not really overreacting to the Hawks' start. I think they're going to be okay. I don't – it makes me reevaluate things a little bit because I personally had them as at least a middle seed playoff team. Now, you know, the – the floor on that's not as high, but I th- I think they can still do it. I mean, they they have all the players they need to be a contending team. They just need to pick it up. 
Yeah, we see this every year too with with multiple teams. Right. Teams struggle early and they pick it up as the year goes on and make playoffs and and make up a deep run. I mean, nobody needs. That's exactly what the Hawks did last year. And it's in every sport too. It's not just basketball. Every single sport. Whatever you saw with the Braves. Every single sport. Somebody starts off slow and they pick it up. So I'm, everyone overreacts early in the year. I hate that. It's my least favorite part of sports, to be honest, when people overreact. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. To be fair to my, I guess what I said, I agree with the overreacting thing. I just, we just don't look good, and we're probably about to lose to the Jazz today. Uh, oh yeah, they definitely not look good. Don't get, don't get me wrong. So. It's, it's just rough. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention about the Braves was we did it for Hank Aaron. Of course, because 44, we won 44 games before the post, before the All-Star break, after the All-Star break, all that stuff. So, Pretty cool stuff. Real home run kick. Very bonds. Uh, well, one of them did it. Aside from teams in basketball, there have been many players who have exceeded our exceeded our expectations or done much worse than expected or they've just played exactly how they we thought they would jet who's a player that fits any of these categories for you um playing just like they that i thought they would um russell westbrook (laughs) wow i I can confirm jet was pretty low on him i it's it's unbelievable like he has straight up lost them like three games in the fourth quarter of the, I don't understand, but he can't shoot right now. That's plain and simple. He can't shoot the basketball right now. And he, I don't there's just the Lakers team in general. They're having trouble figuring out what they are. Exactly. You know, they did just have a nice win against the Hornets, right? There's I wouldn't call that a nice win. I, I, mean, I mean, it's nice that they even beat the Hornets. I know it's not a clean <laughs> win, but the fact that they even beat the Hornets is nice. And overtime. Um, but yeah, they're, they're big three. I mean, LeBron's already hobbled. That's that's great. Ten games in the season. <laughs> AD's winning on minutes recently. Yeah, he's he hurt his wrist or what or hand, whatever hand injury he had. And yeah, it's just I'm I'm a little bit worried about the Lakers. I'm sure they're gonna figure it out by the end of the season, but yeah, Russell Westbrook has underperformed and not proven to be worth that massive trade. Um, I, yeah, I, I guess, but I know JJ Reddick said this. He said Harrell and Kuzma, Colo Pope, they weren't good fits in LA. They weren't working in LA either. Yeah, but that's the same passion. He said he said what they should have done was try to include like Burton to win in that trade, someone that can shoot. Get a shooter or send them elsewhere and get shooters that way. So, um, Buddy Hield would have been cool for that team. Yeah, exactly. I've only seen one. I think they went against the Warriors, which they lost, and then the one against the Blazers where LeBron was out. They, 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 don't know who they, are. they have no game plan, they have no scheme, especially offensively. And with LeBron out, it's even worse. It was literally just Brush driving to the hoop and missing a shot the entire game. He was one for 13 or hitting it. Or giving the ball to Melo or AD in the post and hoping they make their little fadeaway. And that, that was the entire game. Yeah, they like literally. No driver. They don't know who they are, like you said. It, it was it was awful to watch. Yeah, I mean, you look at the team. You have you have Russell Westbrook. You have Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. When those four guys are on the court, they're the only people shooting the ball. Like, they're the only people allowed to create shots for themselves and do anything with the basketball. And I think that's, that's troublesome. I think you need to find role players that are going to be good role players like you need to give them a chance to be that like i I don't know like they have guys they have i mean horton tucker's gonna be back soon i don't know what the status is on kendrick nunn but he's somebody i was expecting to play a decent role there 
And then I, I think Wayne Ellington's finally back in like part of the rotation, but I, they need some of their role players to step up and have bigger roles because you when LeBron James is out and AD's limited, you can't just have Russ and Carmelo Anthony taking every single shot. That's hey, not going to win you games. Yeah. Also, I just want to add real quickly, if anyone listening or if you guys hear yelling in the background, it's my two-year-old brother. I don't know what he's doing, but he's yelling at something. So, all right. A player, unfortunately, a player that surprised me is one of my personal favorites, and it's not in a good way. That's Damian Lillard. Yes, he, he did have a decent game against the Lakers a few days ago. Um, but to start the year, well, actually, for word at this point, Damian's put his name on the map for the last few years by consistently showing up in the big moments and being an incredible shooter. Um, both of which he's yet to do so far this season. Opening night against Sacramento, he was 0 for 8 from deep with five seconds remaining. Blazers down by three with the ball. The ball's still in Dame's hands. He's the best player. They trust him and make it over nine. His shooting struggles continued over the next few weeks. He's currently shooting 24.7% from deep heading into tonight's game against Clippers. That's pretty horrible for those who don't watch basketball. Yeah. Um, I mean, 24% in any sports, pretty bad. Uh, I, along with many others, expect him to turn to turn it around as the season progresses, but so far he has not rather Portland desperately needs to win games. So he's the guy that surprised me so far this year. Um, not in a good way. Yeah, Lillard is interesting because you, we know this season with with the, the, the new basketballs has been a thing that's an issue for some players. They are struggling to shoot. I, I doubt that. Balls. Too, I, don't, I don't – I've also heard some things about Lillard. He – could be playing through an injury. I think that's he had, what I think. That's what I think. Yeah. I I don't. I think he had like an abdominal injury or something. Something in the off season that he could be playing through. I don't. I don't know. But I. My gut feeling is that he's going to be perfectly fine. I think. It, it's it's nice for the Blazers that they're still five and five. They haven't fallen under five hundred. And CJ McCollum's look great. I mean, he's he's not having a problem with the new basketballs. That's for sure. Slightly inconsistent. He. He has looked very, very solid, better than I expected, but nothing was just more consistent for him. Yeah, I mean, that's fair, but I, I like what I've seen in the few Blazers games I've seen. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you on Lillard for sure. I think he's Nurkic had an incredible game against the Lakers. Their center situation is interesting. All the Blazers games. <laughs> the Blazers are a little bit weird with how they handle their big men because Nurkic will go off, but so still only play twenty six minutes. He's so weird. I don't. Nurkic is so weird. He's either dropping the ball and throwing it ten rows into the stands, or just being the best center in the league. And there's no in between. I mean, but you, but you see what I'm saying, though. Like, oh, I know, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. So when when he's having a ridiculous night where he's like has a double double at halftime. Don't you think they should play him heavier minutes? Like, they're still yeah, perfectly fine absolutely. to go small and keep him off the court to close the game, even when he's having a really good game. I think that's been a little bit confusing to me so far watching Yeah, they're, they're a weird team. They're like, weird they'll, team. they'll close with uh, <coughs> with Simons at, in the lineup. And Simons has been – I, I should have I should have said him, too. Simons has been going off this year. I don't know if you watched yeah, any He's one game, of the – I mean, there's a lot of hype behind the most improved player – award this year because a lot of guys are stepping up yeah. but he's somebody that should probably be mentioned i think Absolutely. i saw a stat that he he's like the third most increase in points per game from last year to this year so far and that's just point it's, it's efficiency too he's been so efficient and smart yeah. with the ball right? he's, yeah, he's, he's very well played very well he's very good 
But yeah, the All whole right. Robert Covington or Larry Nance closing games at center is a little bit strange. Yeah. That's not a yeah, very, players. very. All right, Dylan, who's a player that surprised you or has been exactly what you thought? Am I able to do a good or bad? Either one. Do what you want, brother. Can I do both? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, these kind of go two and one for the good has been, well, more DeRozan, but, but Levine as well. Just the fact that they're both averaging 26. Like, hey, Levine, you know, we've seen him get 26 consistently. DeRozan, we haven't really seen that as much. Especially, like, he didn't even do that with his Spurs last year. And now he's on a much more talented team um, in Chicago this year. Less pressure, man. He's averaging 27. He's, like, you know, hardly shooting threes, as is his his thing. Um, compared to the rest of the league, he's averaging 0. .9 threes per game, which is insane. Um... Somehow Jimmy's averaging 0.5. That's weird. No, I'm wrong. He's averaging two, three, which is which is. People don't shoot two threes in 2021, but DeRozan is like the exception. He makes it work. So yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that he is producing this much along with Levine, and this team looks as good as they do early on. Yeah, I was I was definitely like when the DeRozan signing happened, I was pretty big on it. I. I knew he was capable of being really good still at this point in his career, but I know I, I understand why a lot of people didn't really buy it, but I just think the fact that there's a lot less pressure on him, he's not seeing the best defender on the opposing team every single night. I think that is a huge factor for him and why he's so much more comfortable and playing well for the Bulls through 10 games. Yeah, I like Chicago a lot. Chicago is very fun to watch. And they're incredible, man. It would be, be awesome to see uh, them and the Knicks back in the playoffs consistently. Two great, I don't say great franchises, but two very popular franchises that are just nice to see back in the playoffs. They feel like they belong there. Yeah, I think it would be really cool to see them. Um, I don't know what their cap situation is like. I can't imagine it's great, but if they were able to make swing a trade for like a defensive four for them, well, that was Patrick Williams. But... Right. Yeah. That's that's what I'm getting at. Pat, losing Patrick Williams is really sad. They were, like, the perfect starting five in my eyes with him. But, yeah, now, unfortunately, they're without him. So, yeah, being able to get another defensive wing for that starting five would be nice at the deadline, but they don't need it. I mean, they could score at will, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, final part of the NBA segment. Um, Obviously, there is still lots of basketball to be played left. So, just make any prediction, Jet and Mike. I'm sorry, Jet and Dylan, like if you want to. Any prediction involving a player, a team, anything like that for the remainder of the season? You can go first, Dylan. Um, hmm. Well, this kind of ties in with the last topic, but the fact that Evan Mobley looks, Evan Mobley looks so good so early is something I luckily didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially now without without Sexton for however long he's going to be out with his, I believe, torn meniscus. Um, he was. He'll. He'll get more. I know that. Like him, Sexton being there is. You know, is important for for Allen and for Mobley in terms of the pick and roll and stuff like that. But they still have Garland, and Garland's good. But um, I think that Mobley now will get more touches, which will lead to his an uptick in points and mainly offensive rebounds. Um, because there's less shot makers on the floor, which means there's more. You know, balls. Pause bouncing off the rim. Um, 
but I think Mobley wins Rookie of the Year. That's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. Whoa! I think, I think that uh, I think Cunningham comes in second, and Green kind of tails off a little bit in terms of not necessarily tails off in terms of like how good he is, but maybe like just his points per game. Once they kind of figure out what they're doing with their offense, maybe he gets a little less touches, and then Mobley gets more, and then Mobley wins Rookie of the Year. And also. Just a comment that Markin and Mobley Allen front uh, lineup is hilarious, but sometimes somehow it works. Let's let's I'm rooting for the Cavs this year because I like Evan Mobley. So Mobley rookie of the year, calling it November 9th. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, Jet. What's one prediction for you? Um, I'm going with an interesting one here. I think by the end of the season, the Pacers are going to be fine, and they're going to sneak into the playoffs. I'm, That's not even a hot take. I'm I'm yeah, big on that. No, it is right now. Is people, people are off this team right now. I am. I'm one of them. I think because I think in their first eleven games that they played so far, obviously they're four and seven. Um, I think there's been maybe one or two of them <laughs> where they've had a healthy starting five because their starting five right now is Brogdon, Duarte, who I really like, um, Levert. Sabonis and Miles Turner. I think they've had that lineup healthy with no uh, minutes limit like twice so far. And I'm pretty big on that starting lineup. I think they're going to be good. And I think a, another big thing is going to be um, TJ Warren coming back. That's going to happen in December sometime, December or January. And that'll be huge for them. I think they're going to be okay long term and not have them sticking in the playoffs. Interesting. What the heck is that sound? Watch out. You're good. And Mike was like shifting his mic. All right. Just picking something up. Uh, let's see. I, I'm going to. Oh, your turn? All right. Go ahead, Mike. All right. So Hornets in four. <laughs> Lamelo for MVP. I like Holly. it. All right. I'm going to stick with what I had to start the Um, You guys can confirm when I said this in the beginning of the year. Uh, that the Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks, are not a top five or six team in the East. Ugh, I mean, uh, that's looking decent so far, that, man. That's what I said at the beginning of the year. I made like $50 bets on it, but I know those guys are going to pay. So that's all right. But, yeah, I, I don't think – I think they're a first-round exit at, at absolute best. And prediction, I still – one second with that. First-round exit, absolute best, not a top five or 16. In to the clarify, East. I was not one of those people who you're referring to will not pay and not make a bet. So <laughs> – you were one that laughed, and I have screenshots of it. Well, I didn't. I didn't try to dunk on you, but I didn't believe it. Oh yeah, man. I that was. I felt there was always one take in every sport that I feel very for no reason, and that was that was that. Uh, that was this one. That's you. We get it. Josh Allen is better than Lamar. <laughs> oh my god. I felt very strongly about that head in the year. Lamar sucked. <laughs> All right. We still lose the Jaguars. Now we're going to move on to football, the NFL midway point. Week 9 of the NFL is concluded, which means we're at the halfway point of the season. Many, many, many things to catch up on, so we'll try to get everything in without taking too long. Uh, let's start in the AFC North, with where five teams are all within <clears throat> a game of each other at five or six wins each. Ravens currently sit on top of the division at 6-2, and two, but the hardest part of their schedule is yet to happen. Mike, who wins this division and why? <laughs> Well, it ain't Pittsburgh. I'm just gonna get that out of the way. <laughs> um, I gotta go with the Ravens. 
Um, I don't know. The Bengals are just oddly, like, just they're, like, super inconsistent for some reason. Like, one week they blow out the Ravens, and then the next week they lose. I mean, the biggest thing on that to me is I don't think Joe Burrow – because Joe Burrow struggles under pressure, and their offensive line is having inconsistencies, I think, this year. I think that plays a big role. When he's getting pressured the entire game, it does not go well for them. <laughs> yeah, and people might say, like, oh, they should have drafted the line. Well, then they'd be without Jamar Chase. Like, Yeah, no. You can't have both. I don't have a problem with where their roster is right now, <laughs> but I just don't think it's one that's winning a division this year. Yeah, I don't either. They, they, Their number one priority this offseason, just like last offseason, is the offensive line. I agree. And I don't think that's an issue. Yeah, so, like, even with the Ravens' injuries, I feel like it's close between them and the Browns, but I just feel like the Ravens are the better team right now. And the Browns dealing with their COVID running backs and injuries. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they can overcome it like the like the Ravens can. So the Ravens' remaining schedule is very interesting. They're 6-2. and two. They play Miami and Chicago. So that puts them like 8-2 and two, most likely. Hopefully, they got to win both of those because the remaining schedule is Browns, Steelers, Browns, Packers, Bengals, Rams, Steelers. I think you're just overly scared of those AFC North games. I think very – that's five AFC North games in like the last seven games. I mean, yeah, but how about – wait, you said the Browns were in there twice? Is that what it Browns was? Browns were in there twice, Steelers in twice, Bengals in there once with the Packers and the Rams. Yeah, but all it takes is one game of your pass rush getting to Burrow and you'll beat them and then I – expect, I expect them to blow out the Bengals, like not even close. Yeah, and then the Browns, I mean, it seems like every week they're missing a huge piece. Like one week it's Jarvis Landry, the next week it's Nick Chubb and their entire running back room. Like, it's I think it's a they'll split right Pittsburgh and Cleveland. So that puts them at four losses with Cardinals and Packers left. So I mean, I mean they should get the playoffs, should win the division, but never know, never know. This this team is weird. I just don't think any other team is gonna step up and take it, even if you guys are kind of struggling a bit in that stretch. That's yeah, yeah. So Jet, you say Ravens. Yeah, I got the Ravens too. Dylan, who's your pick to win the North? Baltimore. All right, well, I guess I'm, I'm taking Baltimore as well, but I'm not going to get into it all. I know that gets annoying. So, <laughs> But uh, they just have not looked good to me, man. They have not looked all good. All they got to do is run the ball. They just run the ball. They just run the ball. That's all you got to do. I mean, if Navy can run it, so can we, man. That's, that's all I got to say. I mean, to be clear, no team in this division has looked great. And I'm like, ooh, they're going to win the division. Like, I mean, the Ravens are just the best of what's here for me. I've, I've aged a million years watching the Ravens so far this season. Oh, really? Yeah. That we, that, yes, I know, Mike, the Raiders too. But that week one game, we both experienced, we all experienced that with the Ravens and the Raiders. And then week two for the Ravens, it was the Chiefs. They were down by double digits in the fourth. Uh, the fumble at the end, the fourth and one to win it. The Lions game, the fourth and super long. Sammy Watkins catches it, game-winning field goal, 66 yards. Uh, the Colts game, down by 16, the blocked field goal. Every single week is something something new, and it's very <coughs> – Well, at least that's on the field stuff. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, moving on to the AFC East. The Bills took over this division early, but New England is slowly crawling back in. They've won three straight wins with the Jets, Chargers, and Panthers. Um, Jet, who is your pick to win this division and why? Um, it's the Bills division. Um, I don't 
see. I mean, I like what I've what I'm seeing out of the Patriots, but they're just. I don't think they're going to take the division. This, I'll I'll say this: the Bills game against the Jaguars has me completely confused. But uh, assuming they get out of that funk, I think the Bills should take it pretty easily. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, Mike, we'll go to you next. It's Bills or Pats. Easily the Bills, and yes, you can make fun of the Bills for losing the Jaguars. But at the <laughs> end of the day, it only counts as one loss, and they're going to move on and probably win 12, 13 games this year. Well said, well said. All right, uh, Dylan, your pick. For what, huh? Bills, Pats. Buffalo. They right. just they very enthusiastic response. They're, they're weird with their loss to the Jaguars, but they'll be fine. All right. Now we oh, wait. In the AFC South, um, the Titans were running away with the division early. Then Derrick Henry went down. But then they go and beat the Los Angeles Rams on the road without Henry. They're currently three games ahead of Indy. I'm pretty sure we're all taking Tennessee there. Does anyone disagree? Uh, no. All right. Last but not least, in the AFC, it's the AFC West. All four teams have five wins with the Chargers at the top at five and three. The Raiders are also five and three, but don't have that tiebreaker, at least for now, against the Chargers. Um, Chet, we'll start with you on this one. Who wins the division? Um, you know, interestingly, I think the current standings, I think they'll hold. I think the Chargers win the division. They look—they just look the strongest overall in this division to me. I don't buy the Chiefs coming back and winning the division. I think they could very well make the playoffs, perhaps. But I have the—I think the Chargers are clearly the best team in this division right now. I would love to see the Chiefs have to play three straight road games, assuming they win in the playoffs. That would be. Awesome. Yeah, if they make the playoffs, they they look bad, but they've played teams that are worse those last couple weeks. So we'll yeah. see what we'll see what ends up happening with them because I'm I'm not ready to say the Chiefs are back yet. That's for sure. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah, Chargers. I just the team I have the most confidence in. I think this division. I mean, clearly it's up for grabs. I mean, every every team has five wins right now, <laughs> but I I got the Chargers. Oh, I agree on that. All right, Mike, we'll go to you next. I agree on that, but it's, like, super close. Like, none of these three teams are going to run away with it. Like, I'm confident the Ravens will end up running away with the with the North, but, like, if the Chargers win it, it's going to be, like, a game or two. So, I, I'm going to go with the Chargers, but it's going to be really close. Yeah, I mean, if the, if the Raiders find a solution – for their wide receiver issue, I think it they could make it interesting, but yeah, right now it's just it's the easiest to have confidence in the Chargers. All right, Dylan, you're picked to win the AFC West. Dylan, the Chargers what is this dude doing? We've lost Dylan. Chargers. 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 Very enthusiastic, right. Dylan. <laughs> All right, well, we'll move on to the NFC. It's the Cowboys running away with the NFC East. We don't need to talk about 
anything there, I don't think. I don't know, man. The Giants, you know. <laughs> the Packers pulling away with their division in the north. And then in the south, the Bucks are the clear favorites, but the Saints are not far behind. They're only one game in Tampa Bay. I'm sure we're all taking the Bucks. I'm sure we're all taking the Bucks. But let's touch on this real quickly. What would it take for New Orleans to come out and win that division here in the second half? The trade deadline would have to be extended, and they'd have to trade for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, it's that literally the only option. Like, if they don't get Odell, it's 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 done. Like, even if they do, though, like, who's gonna throw the ball? I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. I guess I, I guess that's a solid yeah reasoning. <laughs> Jet. Um. Wait, we're talking about the the Saints, the Bucks, and the Saints. Two. The Bucks and the Saints. Um. I mean, the Bucks are going to win the division. <laughs> I don't. I don't see the Saints putting up much of a fight. I I agree with Mike. I think they need a. They would need a lot to happen to be able to overtake the Bucks. The Bucks have clearly looked like one of the best teams in football, and the Saints have clearly looked like one of the most inconsistent teams in football. So that's that's my reasoning there. All right, Dylan, if you're alive, please say Bucks or Saints. Uh, Bucks, but you're uh, not taking into account the fact that the Falcons are a playoff team right now. So <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah, we they're, did. They're literally, I don't know how, but they're literally a half okay. game behind the wall, which is insane. Uh, because the playoffs okay. are expanded and they're 500. I'm not saying, <laughs> talking about the 17 part. I'm talking about that they're a, game, or a half game behind New Orleans. Moving on to the final part of the episode. The final division is one of the most anticipated heading into the season, and that's the NFC West. Arizona was the final remaining undefeated team, and now they are the final remaining one-loss team. They're one game ahead of the Rams for the first four first in the division at eight and one, while Seattle and San Fran are down at the bottom at three and five. Cardinals or Rams, who wins this division? Jet. Oh man. This is a tough call. I don't not knowing remaining schedules. I think I like the Cardinals to win the division. I I mean the Rams they have the better roster. I I understand the argument that they're the better team, but I I just feel better about the Cardinals picking up wins right now. Like I don't know the the Detroit game for the Rams is a little bit weird for me. I think them having trouble taking care of bad teams is a little bit concerning but the cardinals have looked pretty dominant i think it's a nice sign that they were able to keep it really close with the packers without um are not sorry what did they just play right at the this last week they just beat the 49ers right yeah yeah i mean, I mean they just destroyed the 49ers and they didn't have kyler murray so like I, they've overcome some adversity they've proven that they can be elite even without kyler murray apparently <laughs> Um, but no, I think I think I got the Cardinals. I think they'll do it. It's close though. All right, Dylan. Cardinals or Rams? The uh, Rams and Stafford's gonna bounce back from his weird performance against Tennessee. That was yeah, I should have mentioned that. Too. Horrible. Can't believe that. I don't know what I was watching. The fact you were watching Jared Goff. <laughs> Pretty yes. much. That's Pretty accurate. Much. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. How does that happen? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. That was weird. All right, Mike, your pick. 
Um, uh, both of their remaining schedules are kind of similar. Um, do we know if Kyler's missing an extended period of time, or is this just a one-week thing? It's he's uh, questionable to play this week. It, he's miss. He should only miss this game if if any more. So just this week or none, he could play. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Cooper Cup has stepped up, but you just can't deny DeAndre Hopkins. And I trust Kyler Murray more than Stafford in big situations. So I'm, I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm I think I would agree with that statement right now. Sorry, go I'm going with the Rams. I think the Rams are gonna win the division. Cardinals will be a five or six seed and. Uh, they won the they won the wild card. We could see a Cardinals Rams rematch in the divisional, and I think that'll be uh, very very fun to see. I agree. Yeah, it could go both ways too. The Cardinals could win, and the Rams yeah. could be the wild card team that sees them in the, the divisional round. So we'll see what happens. I'm going with the Rams for now. Um, anyone have anything else to add? No. I'm good. All right. Next week we're gonna follow our questions for anyone listening. So start preparing your questions now. I'll probably post that at some point of the weekend on our story. But for now, hope you guys enjoyed that episode and we'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs>